0: You're listening to a message brought to you by Christian Life Church, Hereford. If you would like to find out more about us, go to www.clch.cc. Great to be here with you. I know that this sermon this morning is going to really speak to at least one person. It's going to be the word of God to at least one person and maybe more, because I know that that one person is me. That I am today, thank you, preaching for myself what God, um, what God has put on my heart. So uh, it's really challenged challenge to know how that God will put it into your heart. So I want to pray. Father, thank you for the challenge you've brought to me through your words. And I want to pray that you move in our hearts to communicate what you want to say to each one of us in Jesus' name. So this, work I, this week I was chatting to Tony about. Uh, I'd arranged to meet to talk about the next series that we're going to preach. Uh, the last series, if you remember, was based on the verse in Second Chronicles. Uh, uh, what was it? Second Chronicles seven fourteen. Is it? Can't remember now. Which says, "If my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways." I will hear from the heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. And we call that series uh, Preparing for Revival, Prepare for Revival. And uh, so we've got the next series in mind and we just want to um, pray for that. But I really felt that God was saying, don't do that series yet. Don't move on to that yet. And I I said to Tony, what do you feel God's saying? And he said, I think we're still in the, the season of positioning ourselves for revival. I agree. And we, so we can't move on uh, until, until we've just discharged what God's put in our hearts. So uh, I want to thank, uh, I've been reading in Joel recently. I want to thank Mary, who's uh, sent some verses from Joel. And in Joel, verse 20, uh, chapter 2, verse 20, it talks about revival. It, talks, says, it says in there, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. And uh, young men will see visions old men will uh, dream dreams and my people will prophesy it's an outpouring of the spirit uh, that god promised in joel it was fulfilled in acts but the, <clears throat> that's what we're praying for, for for us that's what revival is an outpouring of god's spirit that's what we're seeing in aysbury we see it on the on the news and then as i read joel i saw the previous in, in three verses earlier to that promise of revival, God talks about restoration. He says, I will restore the years that the locust has eaten. So restoration means giving back what was lost, taking it back to uh, a previous owner. It also means uh, reinstating to a previous condition. That's what restoration is. And that's something that God does and we participate in. Revival is something that is sovereign of God. But I also saw that a few few verses earlier, there's something else. It's called return. So it's return, restore, revival. And I want to start off in Joel chapter 2, verse 12 to 13. And uh, the theme that I'm going to speak today is turn your heart to God. Or return your heart to God. Turn or return your heart to God. Joel 2, this is the verse that really struck me recently. Verse 12 and 13. Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Tear your heart and not your garments. In those days that when people were distressed or uh, um, they would tear their clothes as a, as a sign uh, of, of fasting and mourning crying out to God. And God is saying, don't tear your clothes, tear your heart. Return to the Lord, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love, and he relents from sending calamity. The key line there is, return to me with all your heart. This is the voice, that, the, the word that, that God is speaking to me, and I believe to us as a church. The heart of the issue is the heart It says in the Bible that man looks on the outward appearance God looks at the heart God is looking to a heart let's turn our heart to God now I want to read to you now a report written about a church like a status report of a church and um, it's in the Bible and it's in the book of Revelation which is the last book of the Bible Revelation is an interesting book. It's a, a, a full of uh, symbolism, full of a strange language. It's a, a style very different from any other book in the Bible. But at the beginning, there's these letters written to church that give a status report of the church. So I'm going to read um, Revelation 2, uh, starting from verse 1, and this is a letter to the church that was in Ephesus. So it starts off to the eight. We've got a. to the angel of the church in ephesus write these are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands it's full of imagery Uh, this book says that uh, i don't know why it's written to the angel and not the church but this letter is written to the church He's speaking to these people the people of the church in ephesus and the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand, from the context, we understand this is Jesus. So this is Jesus writing to the church in Ephesus. Next page of the letter is, I know your deeds, your hard work and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you've tested those who claim to be apostles but are not, and have found them false. You have persevered and have endured hardship for my name, and have not grown weary. It's good start, well done church. Good deeds, perseverance, you've not grown weary. It's a good start to this kind of off stead of a church. Next page. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken your first love. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. The next line, which I don't think I've put on the, uh, on the, on the uh, slide is, but you have this in your favour. You hate the practices of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. So I, th- I think who uh, seems to be following the practice of uh, schools these days. If you want to bring a criticism, you bring a sort of positive thing. And then you bring another positive thing at the end. But in the middle, it, what we see on the screen there is the key to, of this message. Just to say, he says, I will come and remove your lampstick from its place. What does that mean? I've looked up what that means in various commentaries. I, I, I don't really know what it means. But just to say, it's a bad thing. It's not a good thing. So this is a bad thing that can happen if we don't repent. But the key of this is... You have forsaken your first love. You're forsaken, and that's what I focus on. Where is our heart in relation to our first love? And that's the, that's the, the cry of this letter. God is crying to his church. You've, you've lost your first love. Consider how far you have fallen. Consider is, is to take some time to think where we're at in terms of our love, for God compared with our first love. So I want to look at that. Jesus confirms the importance of our love for God. He said this, the greatest commandment is this, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and all your strength. That's the first and greatest commandment God gives us. So you look at that letter and he commends them for their deeds and he commends them for their perseverance and he commends them they've tested the apostles and found them to be uh, false. But this is the cry of a God for his people who've lost their love for him. Let's consider our hearts. I want to say when we look at our hearts, there's no condemnation. Remember that there's no condemnation from God. There's no condemnation. Remember that. This is not a test. God is here to help us. When was your first love for God? Maybe for you it was when you became a Christian. It was for me when I became a Christian. That's when I loved God first. Maybe you think, well, I've been a Christian all of my life. I grew up in a Christian home. But maybe there's a time when you were filled with the Spirit. Or whatever, or maybe you think, I never think of first love of God. Maybe that's not where it. It doesn't matter. Somebody once said there are many ways of falling in love. The theologian Ed Sheeran said, "People fall in love in mysterious ways." I know. I know all about this because about the ways of falling in love because I have two teenage daughters. And she's looking very worried now. <laughs> and because of that, we watch lots of Netflix roman- romances. <laughs> we watch lots of Netflix romances. They're all the same, all exactly the same story. They're not all exact- but there are different ways that people in fall-, fall in love. <clears throat> and, uh, and there's different ways that we fall in love with God. So you don't need to compare with anybody else of how you came to love God. But let us ask ourselves, what, what was it? Let's try to remember that time that we were passionately in love with God. And how is your love now? Would you say, it's, oh, it's more mature, my love. But God's not after a mature love. He wants that first love that passion that you have for God. I talk to people and say they remember I remember when I became a Christian, I just wanted to tell everybody. I wasn't very wise, I wasn't very subtle, but I just wanted to tell everybody. I just wanted to be with God's people. I just found I I I I'd read the Bible before and I read the Bible and thought this is amazing. I've never seen this before in the Bible. God's love for me. Everything was different when I became a Christian. That might not have been your experience, but God wants you to have an experience of him where love changes everything. Your love for God changes everything. And it starts, as somebody's already said, that we have a revelation of God's love for us. We heard earlier, Hannah was saying, God is calling us to himself. Come and I'll give you wisdom. Come and I'll give you healing. Come and I'll give you all those things. But come for me. Come for me. That's the first love. And that's what God wants. Look in that letter. I think that letter that He wrote to the church. The heart of that is His cry. He's He's crying like somebody in Netflix romance when his heart's broken because his people are not loving him anymore. Imagine if I wrote in my uh, Valentine's card to Adriana. Um, Although I do not love you like I used to love you. Let's look on the bright side. We have greatly increased our discernment of false apostles, and we hate the Nicolaitans, as God does. It's not really going to be a good one, is it? It's not going to keep that one. She's going to be heartbroken. The heart of God is that we are passionately in love with him, as, as much as we have ever been. That's his heart. That's where it all comes from. Revival starts in a change in our heart. God is sad that we've lost our first love. So I just really want to bring to you a a challenge to consider how far you've fallen, if you feel you've fallen. And it's not a question for anybody else, it's a question for you. As God is challenging me, am I as in, enthusiastic and on fire as I used to be when I first became a Christian. But I'm not going to answer that. It's, it's for you to ask whatever question that God puts in your heart, but I'm just saying, do I run from sin like I used to because I was so in love with God? Am I hungry for his presence, for worship, the Bible? Am I hungry for that like I used to do? I remember just Reading the Bible and and it just is a, is a sound. Okay. It's gone, is it? Okay. Oh great. Just the question you need to ask is <coughs> I'm I'm as hungry as I used to be. Do I put God first in all my decisions? Is God first to always ask what do you want, God? Where does my mind go to when I'm not busy with work? or for, Where does it go to? Colossians, Paul writes, set your mind on things above. Your life is hidden with Christ in God. Set your heart on things above. Also, I was challenged about... Some early days, some of the things that I did, when i have been a Christian about five years, um, God challenged me to do a gap year. So I, I, I left my job, and I came to Hereford to do a gap year for the church. And I had no concern about uh, money. Um, my, my dad was really concerned that giving up my job and my career, but God had spoke to me, and I just abandoned me, there's no question and uh and then 20, 20 years ago i gave up my job again and moved to brazil because god had had called me but then now i'm thinking you know, you, you start to have responsibilities a family and children you start have to you start to accumulate more stuff and so the risk is bigger but jesus gave god gave everything he gave his own son so Stuff that we accumulate gets in the way. Yeah. If we're passionately in love with God, we'll give up everything at a moment's notice for God. We have worries as well. Parable of the Good Sower talks about the the seed that grows up among thorns. It that that says those are and is choked by the thorns. Jesus said, "Those the riches and worries of this life choke it." And I'd I ask myself, if God said, "Give up everything now," how ready I would be to do it again. Leave. I'm going to leave my family behind, wife and family behind. But I left behind career, and it, it wasn't difficult. It wasn't difficult because I just wanted to serve God. Sometimes weariness, life gets in the way of our love for God. Sometimes sorrow, sorrow that we experience in life gets in the way of God, of our passion for God. I just have to ask myself, and we have to ask ourselves, is God really number one in everything, in everything? God is not come to be part of our life Become to be our life, to give us life. That it really is the heart of the message I want to share. That the challenge is coming to me is to return to me with all your heart, all your heart. Psalm hundred thirty nine says this: "Search me, God, and know my heart; test me and know my anxious thoughts." See if there is any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. When God searches our hearts and exposes what's inside to ourselves, it's not to condemn us. It is to lead us in the way everlasting, a good path. There's no condemnation in God. God doesn't uh, test our hearts to expose the sin in them. He does it so he can do heart surgery. Psalm 21 says, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. So I want us to come now to God and say, God, show me my heart. And I want you to bring all your heart. All your heart. Is your heart sinful? Bring it to God. God is not saying, Bring your whole perfect heart. God is saying, return to me with your whole heart, in what a condition your heart may be. It says in Isaiah, God says, let us reason, let us talk together. Your sins may be as scarlet, but you will be white as snow. We cannot get our heart right before we come to God. We have to come to God to get our heart right. Is your heart cold? Has your love for God grown cold? Come to God with your cold heart. It says in Isaiah also that a smoldering wick he will not put out. He will blow on it and he will cause the flame to arise again. But God wants us to come to him with a a heart that's on fire. To love him with the first love we had. That is the start of revival. He wants us to return with our whole hearts. So I'm going to pray, but I'd like the band to come up. And I just to ask you to come with your whole heart to God. Talk to God and say, this is my heart. If you don't know what your heart's like, ask God to show you, to search you, and tell you what your heart is like. But come to him to re- give you A pure heart, a new heart. God promises that he will give us a new heart. Father, just say, Lord, that um, our hearts sometimes are far from you. Our thoughts are sometimes far from you. But with some of our hearts, maybe 1%, maybe 99%, we want you. We want you. We pray, Lord, as we come to you with our whole heart, that you touch our heart and change us mm. and bring us to you. Father, if we've grown cold, send your fire again. If we're struggling with sin, cleanse us, Lord. Make us white as snow. Mm. Touch us with the coal from your altar. Mm. Change us, Lord. We come with our whole heart. We want to say, start here inside us. If you think, do you know, I've never really experienced God's first love, that passion for him, then ask God to give it to you. If you're saying, actually, I don't know whether I've ever made a decision to follow God, then talk to God now and say, I want to follow you. It's as simple as that. Jesus has paid the price for you to come right close to God. He gave his life. He's died on a cross to take your sin away. Sin is not an issue anymore to God for those that put their trust in Jesus. We can come with our whole heart, and God will receive us. But wherever you're at, come to God, talk to God, and ask him to touch your heart and help you. In Jesus' name.